Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate y'all being here. We're live today on WYSL, so give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Shout that line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark and... Our friends listening online, too, on the Free Solution Facebook page, the Free Solution YouTube channel, the Free Solution group, and the Kevin Wilson Facebook page and Twitter. Wherever you're listening today, appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate y'all being part of the show. Leave your comments if you're listening online, if you want to participate in the discussion. You know, we'll, we'll talk about some Russia-Ukraine stuff. I know it's going to be a big issue. I'll leave. The, there's a bunch of good New York State news. I, I imagine... I, just, I get the feeling Larry's going to want to talk about it tomorrow, so I won't take up too much of that stuff because I know Larry wants to talk about some New York State. He, he, he seems to have an interest in New York State politics. I'll leave it to him. Um, but we'll talk about that, and maybe we'll mention some of the New York State stuff and, and some of the other national stuff going on too. But I did want to discuss some of the other – So uh, just it's topical. People are interested in it, right? And people are interested in, in the, the Russia-Ukraine stuff. Uh, and in how specifically we, and by we I mean our government plays a role in preventing conflict in this situation, right? Like, what? How does the U.S. government do that? What is the U.S. government doing to respond to these things? Is it useful? Is it helpful? Does it make sense? Uh, so we'll go over some of those things because I, I realize we haven't gone really in depth in terms of talking about. Uh, are we what, what what sanctions are being put <laughs> on Russia on both like government institutions and individuals um, and do they make sense again are they useful because uh, you, you see some stuff right like I, I saw one earlier that was Netflix is going to no longer allow Russians to use their service and I'm like oh uh, well all right I, I I don't really see how that's helpful. I don't see how that really accomplishes anything at all to to cut off uh, Russian users from Netflix. I mean, if you want to to ban Vladimir Putin's account, like, okay, sure, but like the the average Russian, like, you you can't watch Netflix now. What, how how is that helpful in any way whatsoever? Uh, and and so. When we think about sanctions, we think about the different sort of actions that the United States government, uh, you know, NATO, European Union can take. Each one has different costs and consequences, and, and that's most of what I want to talk about today. And are sanctions something that can effectively motivate the behavior of you know, the leadership, the dictators now of their country to take action? Uh, and is it worth the cost of imposing Things raising, ranging from inconvenience, like the Netflix not being around, to to, to actual suffering, which uh, the collapse of the currency may cause. Um, and does that distress caused by Western government action again move people to either, you know, 
do whatever, uh, pressure the government to change their actions or overthrow the government or whatever, or, or does it just build further resentment? And and I don't know that I have a definitive answer to that, but you know, just just from things that I'm seeing around this, um, I want to uh, want to complicate the picture for you. Uh, so well, let's talk about like what what actual sanctions are there, though, right? Like, and sanctions like they're I think better than getting inv- engaged in an actual war. Uh, that's it is, but they can still be destructive in their own ways, right? We're not sending planes, not sending you know bombs, not sending soldiers. Uh, we're restricting economic activity, right? And in some of the ways that that's happening is, you know, restricting uh, the 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 flow of certain goods. You know, we we talked about like whether or not there's going to be an oil sanction. There's building pressure in the United States to do that, and I want to talk about the impact that's going to have on us too, because that's definitely a, a big deal. Um, and and, and some of the so some of the restrictions that have taken place are, are from businesses being able to go and do uh, business in Russia to to engage with ru- existing Russian entities, right? Like doing stuff with their central bank, doing stuff with um, you know uh, individuals who are known to be you know what's called oligarchs uh, doing business with with Vladimir Putin directly, selling weapons, things like that. All of that is. Restricted and for a sanction to work, it's got to be enough countries restricting that sort of economic activity to uh, put pressure on again the government to to take some sort of action, right? Um, and so, again, I, I think in 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 some regard it makes sense. In in other regards, like okay, like we did this with with Venezuela, we did this with Cuba. Cuba, we had the embargo. Uh, these countries. Ended up suffering a lot. The people of these countries ended up suffering a lot for these sanctions. You know, you, you look at the, the history of Cuba and and what an embargo did with them. Did it actually remove bad people from power? <laughs> How long was Fidel Castro in power? He died. You know, he, he uh, without being dragged out of his office. You know, without dying in jail. Uh. Was that effective? Is that the outcome that we wanted from that? Were we hoping that people would rise up? Or given the lack of resources, does it either engender loyalty to the regime, end up uh, setting up people to become dependent on the government because they're the only ones who can get assets and goods and services in in an area where it's scarce? Uh, Does it engender... uh, Mistrust and even hatred of the country imposing the sanctions. I, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know that that's, that last one is fully the case. I've seen people make the argument. I don't know that last one's fully the case, but it does make people suffer in the short term. Well, what's going to happen in Russia, unfortunately, with, with some of the economic sanctions? I'm not saying do nothing, but with some of the economic sanctions, that people are going to end up going hungry. Uh, it's people aren't going to have with, with inflation going on over there and. I mean, we we have our own inflation issues over here in the United States, but inflation going on over there too. We're uh, we're probably going to see some folks who aren't going to be able to afford food. You are seeing some rationing over there. Uh, we're also going to be seeing major issues with wheat production uh, because apparently Russia and in, in Ukraine are both some of the top uh, wheat producers in the world. 
Uh, and what? So, kind of going down the list of like the stuff that actually happened to. So you got like the Swift sanctions, right? And that's that's kind of what made people uh, made made the value of the ruble go down to Russia's currency. And, and basically, all that does is it prevents you know currency exchanges from happening. So certain banks are kicked out of this system in which you're able to exchange you know rubles for U.S. dollars or euros or whatever, right? It's this way of uh, processing for foreign currency transactions uh, quickly, uh, and and they're no longer allowed to participate in that. So you're, you're not able to like quickly exchange between you know euros and rubles or euros or, or yeah uh, rubles and dollars things like that or whatever whatever countries are participating in the system. There are competing systems out there too, which will be interesting to see if it ends up with Russia and China and some other countries making a competing like currency exchange system and if that matters enough uh to again get them out of this situation right uh we also see so that was a government action right there's a series of government actions with with swift we also see uh private companies right deciding to no longer participate in those same types of currency exchanges so mastercard visa uh, i think yesterday amex I, I think ended up happening either last night or today also deciding that they're no longer going to um allow russian customers to operate and again this one this one's a step further like one it's it's like a private companies doing this uh and and i think we can and maybe in the next section we'll kind of talk about that like how private companies are getting involved in this conflict uh in a way that is maybe not totally unique but uh it, it's it's certainly interesting uh and what what that does is basically just prevents the Russian people from being able to use their cards kind of outside the country. Inside Russia, they can still use their cards because the banking system is still like kind of processing those internally. But it prevents them from being able to say, you know, receive funds from you know Etsy or you know uh, buy something with their credit card from an American vendor type of stuff. So that's all it ends up doing is is ends up preventing that sort of activity, not fully preventing them from using the cards itself. But when we come back, we'll kind of keep talking about those and whether or not these make sense. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. 
All right, welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate y'all being here. Again, we're live at WSL until 1 p.m., so give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. And uh, we're talking about the, the sanctions today, again, you know, whether or not they make sense. You know, And, and, and I am going to hit two other things during the show, too. Uh, not, not just the, the sanctions, the private company stuff, how that affects folks, uh, the, the potential... Areas for escalation, and well, you'll you'll get my opinion on that, and then uh, also some solutions too. Like again, what what are some good ways in which we can punish bad actors without making sure that innocent, well, while making sure that innocent people aren't kind of caught up in that punishment? And again, what what the trade offs to doing that are, right? Um, because I don't know that I fully accept that. Like I always, I always get a bit uncomfortable with sanctions. I don't know if I fully accept that. Like the average Russian, again, I, I think of someone like like me who's just trying to live their life, you know, have their family, go to work, whatever. Should they be suffering because their government did something bad? I, I don't know that that makes sense. Maybe that's the best tool we have right now. Maybe that's a better tool than getting in an actual war. I think it is. But I don't know that it's optimal. Because um, again, we, we as I was talking about before the break, you got like the the Mastercard, Visa, Amex stuff. Them them cutting off, and a bunch of folks are are you know happy about that. Like okay, you know, and again, that one, the banking cards still kind of work within their country. The Swift thing's kind of a, a bigger deal, um, you know, especially if if the value of their currency is going down, people are panicking in their country. They shut down the stock market for a while. I'm sorry, did we, did we say we have a call on the line? Ted from Rochester. All right, Ted from Rochester's on the line. Ted. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Do for, what, what's on your mind? I just was curious, uh, listening to your comments earlier about uh, the oil uh, quote-unquote problem. I just, uh, you know, you get stymied after a while. Stunned, I guess, is the uh, word. Um that someone who's supposed to be the leader of our country, with our country's interests at stake, um, I mean, even I'm smart enough to know that somebody's robbing your house, you don't run to show them your secret uh, safety deposit box. We, are, we have the capability in this country to be energy independent. Now, look, if I were in charge of invading some country, and some other country that was my enemy was sending me untold millions of dollars a day and still buying my oil, what's the sense in stopping? I mean, it's just incredible. Somebody said, uh, why doesn't uh, the president, uh, I'll refer to him as the president, um, he can do. He can change it with a stroke of a pen. And they're still, well, should we do this or should we not? They're dithering around... There's either two subjects that come to mind to maybe answer the question. Either he's enthralled so much to the Red Chinese and the Russians for some reason that goes way back to the time when he was over in Ukraine for our beloved previous uh, previous president. Uh, and he um, essentially, well, we don't want to use the word scam, but... Uh, his kid makes untold millions of dollars, and his kid gives part of that to the big guy. 
and um, I, I just you you hate to think that he's doing this deliberately. You know, Eisenhower's mm-hmm. beware of the military-industrial complex. But after a while, you go down the checkoff list of options, and if the only one left is the president can change this with a stroke of a pen, and he does not do it. Well, what con- conclusion can you draw other than that it's deliberate? So here, here's my thought. I, I want to hear what you think about this, Ted, because I think it's it's actually short-term political thinking. Like that's that's what I think it is because. Joe Biden and a lot of other Democrats are looking at this as if they impose sanctions on oil specifically, uh, they will see – we will all see gas prices rise even more. They're already going way, way up, right? The, the oil markets are a mess right now. But we'll probably see gas prices go up a lot more. My thought – and this is still possibly selfish to them, but but – I want to keep in mind that American families are going to suffer from higher gas prices too. But my thought is they want to avoid that because they're concerned about midterm elections. I don't know that for sure, but that's – I see politicians engage in that sort of short-term thinking all the time where they say, well, the cost of doing this to my political career is so high even if it's the right thing to do. So I don't want to do that action. What do you think about that, Ted? Well, it's strange. Even the Democrats are starting to say, hey, you know, start the spigot running in America so we can get some of our own oil and stop sending our treasure over to this clown who's invading Ukraine. And he's being subsidized yeah. by, the, by the United States. It's just it's unbelievable. That Even if true. We, and we, we could step have up higher gas prices for a while. So what? At least it puts the hurt on Russia and him. I don't. I just. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's either it's almost borders on sedition and treason when he doesn't do stuff like that, and he won't do it, and he's not doing it. And the evidence is clear, and every day it's more clear and more clear that the obvious thing to do is to shut off Putin's money coming from the United States, and and let him stew in his own juice over there. Let the ruble, it's less than a penny, uh, subsidize his his uh, armament. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and I'm starting to think the worst of the worst, Biden's not doing it. And um, uh, yeah, there's only one conclusion, I think, that you can draw from that. So I just want to pass it on to you. Take care. Yeah, Thanks no, on. I appreciate it, Ted. appreciate the call. And again, I, I, I totally understand that speculation, right? Like, I, I get it. Like, it's 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 tough to wrap your head around this. But I, I think that there there is a consideration to be had on, on the oil sanctions front is – you know, what does that do to the American people, right? Now, can we step up oil and gas production in the United States? Absolutely. Again, is Biden being short-term in his his thinking about climate goals? You know, oh, we don't want to reverse the progress that we've made on this stuff, and that's what my base cares about. Is he worried about voters uh, being upset with him and Democrats about rising gas prices? If gas prices are $10 a gallon by November— and it's voting time, are they going to punish Democrats for that? Or maybe it's it's something more nefarious, but I, I don't know that. You know, I would hope not. Uh, I, th- I think that Biden is a political animal who's going to go where the political winds go. And, I, you know, I'm a bit cynical about this stuff in terms of how a lot of political operatives work. Uh, I think it's I think it's more likely to be that. But I'm not ruling out some of the other stuff either. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a, a treason thing, though. I, I Maybe, but I, I think it's mostly just 
in short-term political thinking. It's it's in if he did want to be a leader in that sense, you could say like, hey, look, if we want to prevent this war from going further, if we want to stop funding this war machine, like the way that we step up isn't by going to war in this place, it's by paying more for gas in the short term while we get domestic production back up and make sure that the world can continue to be supplied with oil and gas to to continue to have the economy run. That's that's what might have to happen, right? So is there political leadership in the United States who's going to say like that's that's the tough move that we need to make right now and we want to make sure that you're prepared for that to happen. Prepare yourselves and and we're going to Make sure that oil and gas production can start to catch up. It's not going to happen overnight, but that's that's what I think people probably need to hear. But I wouldn't expect political leadership in this particular moment to have the guts to do that because I, I think back to – I know I'm, I'm going to get roasted for this. Jimmy Carter said stuff like this too, and people roasted him. They said, no, we, can't, we don't make the sacrifice for this. We We should be finding a solution to it. But if that solution means a short-term hurt, I think voters will hold them accountable for that pain. That's real. It's not trivial to say that if if the cost of you driving to work suddenly quadruples in the next few months, that's a big deal. That's that's food for some families. So I don't think that we should take sanctions on oil and gas lightly because – the United States buys so much gas from Russia. It's seven percent is a big deal. That's a lot of lot of stuff. So I and, and and again I see that as this is something like it doesn't affect me that much. I I, I don't drive to work. I, I work from home. But but a lot of families, a lot of families listening today, I, I know you guys, some of you have to drive forty minutes to work. What's that gonna do to you? And so I would hope politicians consider that, find a way around that and find a way to make sure that we the people are prepared and that there's a way for us to continue being able to afford keeping our homes heated, being able to afford keeping food on the table with rising prices going up all around us because it's not just gas, it's everything else. We have we have a you hate to say it, we we have an inflation problem that's that's happening right now. Lots of costs of goods are gonna go up. It's not just caused by this conflict, but this conflict is going to exacerbate the pressure of this inflation on a handful of things, oil and gas, wheat, uh, some, oil, uh, some other like uh, agricultural products. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a huge deal. And fortunately, uh, we may be in for some tough times. Uh, and I do, I do want to – well, I, I'm out of time actually. So when we come back, you know, I'll talk about some of the other ways in which companies are getting involved in this, uh, some escalation and some solutions. Thanks again for joining us here on The Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Give us a call if you want to participate, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Talk to you in a few. The 
Retail store is now open, and your car's crying for an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, liberty, and the Constitution. Here are just a few available right now. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Hokum. No more masking. Open the freaking schools. Scam alert, January 6th. No vax mandates. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. Support the Second Amendment, and your mask doesn't protect squat. But there's more. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch, too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover you know. Be sure to check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worst Morris shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Be free. Make a statement. Shop the WISL store at WISL1040.com. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Getting we're live here on WYSL. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Shout out to our friends listening over at WACK out in York and our friends listening online. A Free Solution Facebook page. A Free Solution YouTube channel. Free Solution group. And the Kevin Wilson page and Twitter. Wherever you're listening today. Thank you. Appreciate you all being here. Again, going back to so the, the the sanction things, what's happening again? It, it's it's fascinating to see private companies jump into this, not just state actors, right? You know, and is is that the right thing to do? Are they are they canceling Russia, right? You know, uh, Mastercard, Visa, Amex, uh, Google Pay, and Apple Pay jumping out and not um, so. From what I understand, like not working in those countries, kind of a big deal too. And I don't know if that's a payment processing issue because of like their currency exchange partners or something else um but that it is alarming you know for because because imagine like i mean i i've become pretty dependent on this type of stuff right you know i i'll use google pay for a ton of stuff i use my cards for everything i don't use cash that much but if i had to go back to a world where i'd use cash for absolutely everything for my payment processing whatever that that'd be uh be tough to deal with that it would interfere with my life in a, a significant way and and me sitting here in Rochester, New York, if my if my government were doing something wrong that caused all these companies or you know international communities to do this, what would I here have the power to do to be able to change that? I'd just be sitting here mad, not being able to watch my Netflix or pay for my stuff. Uh, and so that that's a, again part of that is is why I'm I'm a little bit skeptical that that sanctions are the best, most effective method of impacting change in these areas because so the although you have these individual sanctions on, on Putin, the, the oligarchs and, and others, like I I I don't like that it hurts the individual people. And again, maybe maybe it does affect change, we'll see. But in a lot of other areas, it hasn't had a good track record. I, I heard to I heard it referred to sanctions referred to on another podcast as like the virtue signaling of like international diplomacy it's it has an impact but not necessarily in the places that you want it to um i mean sanctions on on oil certainly would sanctions on like those key industries you know weapons oil that that would certainly continue to have a a big impact the other stuff not so much um and in in, you know i do want to talk about some of the uh some of the other ways that we could we could escalate this too. Again, I think sanctions are better than the alternative. There's there's possibilities of escalating with 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 uh, 
NATO countries, places like Poland, giving up their jets, the whatever they're called, like the the old uh, Russian version, the MiGs, uh, to uh, Ukraine, which the pilots over there are trained on that, so they can continue to contest the airspace over there. Uh, in exchange for that, the the U.S. NATO would give uh, they would give uh, F-22s to Poland. But that's a pretty big escalation. That's that's a pretty big step in the direction of getting directly involved in the conflict. And it sounds like we have a caller on the line, too, uh, Keith from Rochester. Keith, what's up, Keith? Yes, sir. Uh, you've been talking about whole countries and companies coming up with sanctions against Russia. I want to take us all back to the Spanish Civil War of 1936 to 38 when American volunteers came together and formed the Abraham Lincoln Brigade and actually themselves physically went over to Spain and fought on the side of the Royalists, who were also known as the Republicans, meaning they were fighting for the government of Spain, uh, the royal family versus Franco's fascists. And uh, you and I are a difference in age. I'm 66, and I know you're much younger. Uh, so I'm asking it even in the terms of age. Do you think we would ever have going to Ukraine an Abraham Lincoln brigade of Americans who would really give of themselves, not just uh, uh, talking esoterically in terms of uh, up-in-the-air sanctions, but um, even for me to say it, even giving their uh, physical bodies, making that supreme sacrifice, uh, on the radio over the weekend, a man from the country of Georgia was interviewed in his country uh, some years back, was invaded by Russia, again, led by Putin. So this Georgian, again, from the country of Georgia, knows what it means to have this particular enemy, the Russians, invade his home country. And he was going in a volunteer manner uh, uh, to... Uh, place his body in line of fire to help the uh, Ukrainian people. And I guess I'm asking in closing whether uh, Americans would uh, get up a modern-day Abraham Lincoln brigade, I think, because uh, I've seen over the years different numbers of what constituted the brigade, and they took heavy casualties. Uh, yeah. It was at least 3,000 Americans who were in that brigade, and um, – Depending on the battle they were in, in in Spain during that three-year civil war, they took heavy casualties. Uh, I was just wondering uh, if you think modern-day Americans, to phrase it that way, would uh, actually place their bodies on the line to help a people uh, in an area, uh, Eastern Europe, that many Americans just have really no knowledge of, and whether uh, just the difference in generations uh, – pointedly would put out of mind and reach the uh, very thought of an Abraham Lincoln brigade physically going over. Again, that would be American volunteers in that brigade going to help Ukrainians uh, in the same way. Yeah. That 1936, well, so, well, they let, let me let me respond to this a little bit. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, People can do that, and and in fact, they they are right. Uh, so I, I did look up too some of the history of this uh, during the Civil War. There's three thousand Americans who joined. It's called the the Lincoln Washington Battalion to go and fight um, against the fascist forces over there against the Franco folks. And uh, you can, if you're an American, you can go 
to a Ukrainian embassy and volunteer to join their foreign legion. And there are apparently many veterans doing so. They've gotten 16,000 volunteers from around the world to do this. A lot of them are from Europe. A lot of them are from places like Czech and Poland who are worried about their countries being next. Uh, they're not – these countries aren't stopping that. But, yeah, uh, there, there are volunteers from all over the world going to, to actually go and fight in these battles uh, and, and fight against uh, the invading Russian army in Ukraine right now. So it is happening to, to address that question. Glad in closing, I thought maybe just uh, in true modernity, people were not like that anymore. That uh, certainly in the Depression era of uh, 1936, when the Spanish Civil War began, that just Americans facing um, that dilemma of the Great Depression in that decade of the 30s, that they would be more of a mind to travel to a foreign country and help the people there. So in closing, I'm glad uh, that that's taking place. And um, I don't know, I don't want to be false to anyone, uh, just where I am in my life. Uh, gosh darn, uh, I wish I could go over, and uh, I don't know how that would happen. Uh, maybe I would look into it, but um, you gave a number of 16K, and that's very good. And so I'm glad that uh, a modern-day, uh, to say it, Abraham Lincoln brigades are, are forming. And it's certainly like that man from Georgia. Uh, you mentioned the Polish and the other people who've been under Soviet uh, dominance, they fear the return of that, and they know uh, what's on the line. And I would just ask my fellow Americans to keep them in mind and pray for them that uh, Putin means business, and we've got to pull out all the stops to, to uh, exactly that, stop him. And so if uh, people are going over there, placing their bodies uh, in harm's way, um, I, I would consider that a good thing. Yeah. No, I, again, I appreciate the phone call, Keith. Thank you. And that, right. it brought up a, a very interesting topic. There are folks who are who are out doing that right now. Um, you know, veterans who, you know, see what's going on over there. They they want to be able to help and they, they have the skill set to be able to be of use over there and uh, to, to make a difference in, in that country. And so they're, again, as, as, as Keith said, putting their body on the line uh, to, to go and make an impact on that conflict. And it, it's going to be interesting because that's not an official thing of the U.S. government. We aren't the, the U.S. government is stopping folks, but there's there's certainly going to be at least a handful of Americans over there fighting. The, and you know, both in terms of that and in terms of folks volunteering too. Again, I know uh, a guy who's uh, I'm friends with on Facebook who's a doctor and is going to go and help people over there and be be. <laughs> Right, right in the country, trying to provide medical support where necessary. And he's a dude. He's gone down to Venezuela uh, and and helped refugees coming out of there too. So there, there are folks who are they're not just sitting on Twitter. I mean, she's like me, sitting on Twitter, sitting on a radio, and they're going in and putting their money where their mouth is and, and physically making a difference wherever they can using the skills that they have. Uh, and yeah, my, I mean, hats off to you. Uh, that's uh, incredibly brave, and you know I'm glad, I'm glad you're you're able to to help folks wherever you can. Um, and and we are running out of time for this segment, but but when we come back, I, I do want to make sure I talk about some of the the solutions that we can have. And if we're talking about this, there's the vol- volunteer solution. That's one thing, and then the other one is, uh, you know, how can we free up information, free up currency, and get around totalitarians. All right, thanks again for joining us on Free Solution. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us. Been live on WSL. Give us a call. Like our, our friend, two two folks who called in today. Appreciate y'all. Five eight five three four six three thousand. That's five eight five three four six three thousand. And you know, I want to talk about some of the the solutions to this. And it's interesting. Again, sanctions. I got mixed feelings on them, right? You know, and I. I generally don't like any restrictions to, to trade and interaction with the international community. I don't like it on the American side either. Sorry, I'm a big uh, <coughs> opponent of, of tariffs uh, and tax, you know, and other taxes that make it more difficult for us to trade with other countries. I think when we can communicate with each other, generally, that creates a better world where we're able to easily talk with the average people in some of these countries. And so some of these solutions uh, are, you know, okay, how, how does the, the average average Russian, average person, you know, communicate in exchange outside of their, their government's permission and outside of anyone's permission, right? And, and is that a good thing? Are there, are there drawbacks to that? Sure, of course there are. But, right, you, you have, you know, all this mess going on with their currency. And at the same time, you also have crypto exchanges who are staying active in the country. Now they're saying, you know, if they, if okay, if it's a bank trying to do, you know, massive currency exchanges like the, all those sanctions like the big financial houses all that stuff like they're they're still not able to do that with most of these currency exchanges like the Coinbase and KuCoin and uh, you know whatever the other ones is. Uh so they're not able to do that, but but the average person being able to use cryptocurrency and shifting away from that, I think it's a good thing. I mean, it sounds like we have another call on the line too. Uh, George from Rondequoit. George, it's on your mind. How are you? How are you? Uh, my real name is Yuri. I was born in Belarus. Uh, I served in the United States in Vietnam in the United States Army. Now, I'm looking at all this, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, my father was <laughs> by Stalin, uh, Stalin put him in prison because he wanted his wife. And Putin wow. is doing the same thing. He wanted the United States, so he's selling stuff to Biden and his son, so he can have a United States, and that scares me. I imagine if if you are uh, from from that area, you're from that area of the world, you know, either Ukraine, Russia. You've seen what those governments of- have done to your family. 
uh, you want to do whatever you can to, you know, if you're if you're living there now, you want to do whatever you can. When you see those patterns reemerging again, you know, you remember. Uh, see, did did we lose our caller? Yeah. I see the whole thing happening again, exactly what happened yeah. before, but what I went through as a young man. Yeah. And like I said, we uh, when Germans actually when Germans uh, attacked our uh, our area and took us for a free ride. Mm. <laughs> that's how we got out of the Russia. Wow. And Americans then saved us and everything else like this. But and uh, I came I came to the United States in 1952, and in 61. Or 61 to 63, I was in the United States uh, Army. In 62 and 60, 62 and 63, I was in Vietnam installing um, communication. Wow. So, I mean, how do you feel about then uh, how the United States is engaging with this conflict now? And then, what are, what are your thoughts on that? You know, about the, the right those, now, just... I think United States is being sold. I don't like it. I don't like it. The only, I, I love you, the United States. It's the safest place that I ever was. And I'm looking at when father and son are selling United States for gasoline or uh, filling up the bank accounts. Scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, that's... I I, I really appreciate you, you calling in and... and you know, kind of sharing that with us kind of from from your perspective, from your experience, um, that that means a lot that you called into the show. And, and so thank you for, for sharing it. Thank you for your service. And, you know, I'm glad uh, glad you're here. So I'd say about that. Yep. No, thank you. Well, hey, thank you for clearing up on some of the in, in things for the people out here. And they got to realize it. Yeah. No, it's uh, I, I want to we want to keep talking about this on on you know on this show, right? Like what's what's going on over there and how, you know, the U.S. is interacting with and and you know even exacerbating the the situation there and then what what people can actually do about this. Uh, so again, thank thank you so much for the call. Appreciate you, you know, joining the show today. And um, yeah, again, thank you. Um, all right, so. I know, it th- threw off my train. I thought, goodness, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine having to live through that, <laughs> some of that stuff to, to see all that and then the, to, to watch history repeat itself in, in some ways. But so we know we, we're able to look at history and a lot of the folks over there are able to look at the history of what happened and, and say, nope, nope, not this time. Um, so speaking of which, some of the solutions that, uh, you know, we could use to deal with this is, you know, I, I kind of started talking about um, – the the crypto stuff that's one part of it. The other part of it too is just if folks want to if folks want to move over here, if folks want to get to the United States. You know they they're like well you know the best thing for me to do is to take my talent over here. Let people in, you know. And I see like the the flights getting shut down from Russia, and you know I think like the Biden administration has approved like some like fifty visas from Ukraine. Let people in. Like some folks like some folks are going to stay and fight. They're going to do their thing. That's not the that's not the thing that everyone could do. Some folks are going to be better off like contributing their intelligence, their skills, their, you know, if they're too young, too old, whatever, better off coming over here. Ukrainian refugees want to come over here? Great. And I know not everyone's group. Russian refugees, they want to come over here too? Cool. Great. 
brain drain the Russian economy. You know, like the, it, the, the smartest, talented, most ambitious people want to find a way to make it over to the United States and, and start, you know, again, living their lives or, or, or helping us, whatever. You know, that's that's their choice. I, I don't think that we should restrict that sort of travel. I don't think we should restrict that stuff. As many people as, as, as they want can come over here, you know, and just go through the, the, the often arduous and complicated process. But still, that, that's one solution to this. All those those anti-war protesters at some point in time in Russia, they're going to be like, oh, I've been arrested a few times. They're facing years in jail. If they can get out. Yeah, let them come here. There's people that don't like the Russian government. They want they want to bring their their skill sets over here. Great. Let's let them. That that's one of these solutions here. Uh so another one is, all right, well, how do we how do we create internet services and and protect the the free flow of information across borders, particularly when you have governments like the the government of Russia, you know, banning things like Facebook and Twitter because people were seeing like it, the 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 official news services over there like oh it's just a special operation. There's no war going on. There's no civilian casualties, all that stuff. Okay, but like you go on social media and see that stuff. Well, so was the was an authoritarian government too? Well, they shut that down. They prevent you from seeing that stuff. Uh, TikTok has complied with that. Several news stations shut down, CNN, BBC, etc. All right, that the other solution people like Elon Musk bringing in Starlink and Tor browsers, encrypted internet searching, being able to to get around those government restrictions and be able to see what's the truth, what's the real news. And I didn't get to talk about this as much as I as I intended to, unfortunately, and, and dive deep into some of these solutions because we got a, that great phone call earlier today. Again, thanks for all the calls today, folks. Um, but you know, I do want to say that there are ways that we can do this, ways that we can continue to communicate and build relationships with the type of people who want to be free who want a better world even in places like like russia so thanks again for joining us here on a free solution i'll be back later in the week make sure you tune in for larry sharp tomorrow have a great day